Hallelujah. 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 Heavenly Father, we just thank you right now. Father God, we thank you because you are all that matters, Father. We thank you for what you did for us, Father God. We thank you for the sacrifice, Father. We thank you for your love for your creation, Father God. We thank you for the blood that was applied to the lentils of the doors, Father God, as your spirit passed through, Father God, even that you would keep the Israelites during that time, Father. We thank you, Father, that same blood has been applied to the lentils of our hearts tonight, Father. The death has passed us over, Father, that you have allowed us, Father, to gather here tonight, Father. So we just want to please you. We just want to give you the adoration. We just want to tell you hallelujah. We want to tell you that we're grateful. We want to tell you that you are awesome. We want to tell you that you are mighty, Father. We want to tell you that you are a loving Father. We want to tell you that we appreciate the very breath that we have in our bodies, Father. We appreciate the health that you give us, Father. We appreciate everything that you've given us in this life, Father. We thank you just for being God, Father, for being faithful, for being trustworthy, for being someone that we can truly count on, Father. We thank you, Father, that you have remained consistent through the ages, that your word is truly forever, that you do not change, that you are not like man, that you should lie. Father, we thank you that you have remained consistent in our lives. And Father, we aim to be the same to you, consistent in our walk with you, consistent in our love for you, consistent in our worship and consistent in our praise. So, Father, we thank you, Father, and we want you to be exalted in our lives, Father. We truly do want you to be exalted above everything in our lives, above the way we think, above the way we feel, above the way everything, Father, we want you to be exalted above it so that the world can see you and not us. So, Father, we thank you tonight that you are exalted in tonight's service, Father, with our worship, with our praise, with our thanksgiving, with our hallelujah, with our trusting, with our faithfulness, with our stewardship, everything about us, Father, we thank you that you would be exalted in it, Father. So tonight, be pleased with tonight's service, Father. We pray a special prayer over the man of God and his labor in the word tonight, Father. We thank you for the spirit of boldness to continue to say what you have told him to say to these to your people, Father. So we thank you that he is not a people pleaser, Father. We thank you that the same spirit of meekness that rested on Moses would be resting on our pastor, that he feared God more than people, Father. So protect our man of God. Protect his call, Father God. Protect his body, Father. Protect everything that pertains to him tonight, Father. And we thank you that there's no stuttering. We come against any form of any form of confusion, Father God. We come against any mistakes, Father God. We thank you just that he is clear in his hearing and clear in his thinking tonight, Father, because his heart is to please you, Father. So we thank you that you've given us such a gracious shepherd, Father, one that can be marked as a man of God, one that can be marked as a man after your own heart. So, Father, let the same be said about the ones that he is leading in here tonight, that we would be after your own heart. So, Father, we give you all the honor and praise, and we thank you that you've allowed us to assemble here together. We thank you for every leader. We thank you for the worship team. We thank you for the intercessors. We thank you for the ministers. We thank you for the guests tonight, Father. We thank you for everyone here tonight, Father, that you loved us enough to bring us together. So, Father, we thank you right now, even for healing taking place in Eric's body right now, in any in Renika's body, anyone that's sick, Father, we thank you for your miraculous healing taking place, Father. We just thank you that you're God, Father God, and that there's nobody like you, and there's nobody besides you. There's no one that can love like you, Father. There's no one that would die for a man yet while he was still sinning. And, Father God, we thank you that you are still God and that you still rule and you still reign. So it's in your son's name we pray and believe. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. My goodness. Come on up. The men of God with the shofars. Bring us in properly. The children of Israel came to the Mount Sinai. Moses says, wait three days. Clean yourself up and get ready. When you hear the sound of the shofar, the trumpet blast. Yes. The time came. They was around the mountain. 
and they heard a sound, a shofar blast, a trumpet blast, louder and louder and louder. And the people trembled. And God spoke. And John said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a voice, the sound of a trumpet. We turned to see, heard. I am the Alpha and the Omega, beginning and the end. And again, in Revelation chapter 4, John said, I heard in the spirit. Hmm. It's like a sound of a shofar, a trumpet blast. And it said, come up hither. Hmm. God, he commands us to hear the sound of the shofar blast. Paul writes, there was a sound like a trumpet blast. And the Lord returned. So this is just a rehearsal. That's right. And so I say with this prayer, Baruch Atah, Adonai, Allahenu, Melaka, Alam, Ashir, Kitsivanu, but Mispataj, Kitsivanu, Koshofah. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, Master, King of the universe, who sanctified us, set us apart, and calls us special of his commandments and he commands us to hear the voice of God the voice of the shofar be seated in heavenly places elder thank you so much for your love and your dedication your Hanukkah oh my god (laughs) it had to be a sight to see when Moses went up Mount Sinai can you imagine that mountain the lightning and the thunder. And they say they heard his voice. The people all around heard the voice of God. But Moshe, he was in his presence. Oh my goodness. Mm, mm, mm. Had to be an awesome sight to see. Man. I could see it. I can see your words. I can see the words of God. Awesome. Man. Man, y'all are like soldiers, man. Y'all are doing it. Man. It feels good to be committed, doesn't it? I mean, a lot of things could come up in the day. You'd be like, oh, I don't know. Come on, be honest. That happened, didn't it? But you chose. You know? We have some people out, and it it is really spiritual warfare. And Eric is not here. He's supposed to be blowing the shofar. Now, you see how the enemy moves? Mm. But he's here in spirit with us. Amen? Damn. That's good. I'm just... I just love to see dedicated people. <laughs> Since we're talking about dedication. It's a good time to do it, isn't it? The world has forgot all about Christ. One day. We're on day six. Amen? Only got two more to go. That's a shame. <laughs> day six. Man. Man. Mankind. I wanted to finish up a little bit. Anybody new tonight that hadn't been here before? Everybody? Okay. Good. Then I can. uh, Do you want to go over dedication again? I can. But I like to 
I want to go back. This is what Holy Spirit has me right now. It's back to what was in the temple. What the Maccabees fought to keep burning. I told you there is so much mystery and so much history inside of this one ornamental piece that you see right here. Isn't it beautiful? I told you yesterday that you can trace the origin of the star David. You can trace the origin of the swastika. You can trace the origin of so many, or the pentagram. You can trace the origin of these things. And then what people do is they take those things and they adopt them and they change the meaning of what it is. Yeah. But this is an original. This is an original. Any place in history that you would ever see a menorah, who does it represent? Not Kwanzaa. That's a copy. <laughs> this, y'all know that's man-made, right? Okay. Don't. But see, see how man takes things and makes tradition out of them? Right? And ascribe value to them? Okay. This was hammered out of one piece of gold. It wasn't manufactured. It wasn't cast. It was beaten. When you hand make jewelry, it's stronger. It's tougher. It lasts longer when something's handmade. And you are my, God said, my workmanship. See, I'm trying to bring it. I'm, I mean, did, did we get that? Did we, anybody get Elder, you got it. I got a few more folks. It doesn't tarnish. It's not cast. It's everything else was put together by pieces. Except this was not put together. It was hewn out of one piece, beaten out of one piece of gold. One piece. I'm going to say it again. One piece. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. One. Say echad. Echad. That's one. It's like a husband and a wife. There are two individuals, but yet they are echad. They are, a one, they are one unit. Holy Spirit is Holy Spirit, the Father and the Son. They're one. They are echad. They're one unit. Husband and wife have two different functions. Holy Spirit, God, Jesus have different functions, but one in the same. This wasn't manufactured. This was imparted into Moses. The, the design of it was given to him by God. This was given, this design. I need you to hear that. It was given by God. No imitation. First of its kind. You can trace it back every place you go. It's going to be representing the Jewish Family. Amen. I just want to hit up a few other things about this. This is the servant candle. Candle stick right here in the middle, right? All right. 
And when they made this, it said it was made out of the pure gold. I mean, there was nothing added to it. That's why it was said in pure gold. It was hewn and hammered out of pure gold. Amen. None of the other. None of the other, I would say, lamp holders here had a name. Only one was ascribed a name was the sinner, the helper, the Shamash. Only this one. But I'm going to show you in, in history where, where things happen here. And the central staff holds up every, every other staff. The center one holds up all the others. The helper holds up all the other lampstands. The center one. The servant one. Yeah? Watch this. Go to Hebrews. 1-3. Amplified. We're going to get into the Maccabees too. I just want to give you all a little history first. All right. The Holy Spirit has me pressing on this. This is Hebrews chapter one at verse three. He is the sole expression of the glory of God. The light being the outraying or radiance of the divine. And he is the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature, upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power. When he had by offering himself accomplished our cleansing of sins and riddance of guilt, he sat down at the right hand of the divine majesty on high. So he's holding up everything. That's all I'm showing you is that it's holding up everything right here. It's holding up the history of creation right here. Everything. 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, 6,000, 7,000 years of creation. This would be the thousand year millennial reign. Before we go into the eighth day. Oh man, y'all not ready for that for that part of it. Let me get y'all there. So one thousand years. I mean, we can actually track down pretty much Adam and Eve time frame from the Word of God. Which brings us 1,000, 3,000, 3,000, 4,000. Which brings us here at 4,000 years. Okay, that's interesting, isn't it? From Adam to Jesus. It's about 4,000 years. From Adam to Jesus, about 4,000 years. Hmm. Jesus shows up on what? 4,000 years. Hold on. In creation. Okay. In the beginning, God created heaven and the earth. Right there, number four. The Olive Toph. <laughs> I'm the Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. I am the Olive Toph. That's Jesus. In the book of Revelation, he said, I am the beginning, I'm the end. Right here, 4,000. He came on the scene in creation. What was created on the fourth day? creation and everything was created by him for him and through him sitting right here in front of us the whole creation story sitting right here 
Okay. Baby, that's not good enough for y'all. <laughs> okay. Let's see here. Maybe I'll help you this way. How many feasts do we have? We have seven feasts. See, y'all, all about you know that. We have seven fe- feasts, Pastor. We have seven feasts, right? We have seven candlesticks. We have a spring feast, and we have the fall feast. Watch this. So we have the first one, Pentecost. Then we have unleavened bread. Number two. Number three is first fruits. Number four, Pentecost. Number five. We have what? Trumpets. Rosh Hashanah. All right. Number six, we have what? Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement. Number seven, we have trumpets. No, Tabernacle. Hold on. These have been fulfilled. The spring. Now the fall feast. He shows up in Tabernacle. In the last year, 7,000 years, this is 7,000 years representing. This is tabernacles. When does he show up? More than likely to tabernacle with us. It's right here. All of the feast is in Leviticus chapter 23. Or you can go there. You know, we know exactly the date and when it happened. Not his birthday, but his feast. Okay. Maybe y'all don't get this. Let me see here. I said this is Pentecost. Right? This is this is Pentecost. Who showed up on Pentecost? Who who is the helper? He's sitting right here. See, somebody gonna get it. He showed up right here, 4,000 years, and they were in the upper room. Okay. Woo. Pentecost. This is the helper. Okay. Why is the servant branch Pentecost. The Holy Spirit represent or represented by the menorah came on the day of Pentecost to bring us the Holy Spirit. Not only that, but that was the building of the church. On Pentecost. From the time that they left Egypt. To the 40 days that he was up on the mountain. Add those days together, it's 50. It's Pentecost. See, it's like when the church don't even understand Pentecost, 50. When he wants us to know something, he'll tell us. By his spirit. Amen? This is when the church came in because he came that day on Pentecost. Okay. He's the helper. He's the light of the world, right? Okay. Acts 23 says that he appeared to them as cloven tongues of fire. This is about the oil and the fire. Do y'all see? Do you really see? What was what was on top of each of the candles where they put the oil at? I said it was shaped like a what? An almond.
What do you see? I see a branch that looks what? Look at this. We all got different colors, different sizes, but all of y'all eyes are shaped like almonds. Come on, picture almond. What do you see? Y'all don't see it. Everybody's eyes shaped like an almond. Yes, you are. Even yours. Shamir, even yours. He's made it plain in creation of who I am. He gives like little hints, but we can't put them together. All our eyes. Y'all know what an almond shaped like, right? And I ain't doing no Illuminati. I'm saying the eye. All right. Got to get people. They'll be on there. Pastor Rob was doing Illuminati sign. No, no. no, he won't. No, he won't. Seven churches. It's right in front of you. You got Ephesus. You got Smyrna. You got Pergamum. You got Thyatira. You got uh, Sardis. You got Philadelphia, and you got Laodicea right here. Go to, real quick, go to Revelation 2, 2.18. Amplified. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 18. And to the angel, the messenger of the assembly, the church in Thyatira, write, these are the words of the Son of God, who has eyes that flash like a flame of fire, and whose feet glow like bright and burnished and white-hot bronze. Stop. You can go right there with the eyes of what? And Pentecost, what set upon them as what? Tire, fire, what? Tongues of what? He's telling you right there. This is right here. I'm right here. I'm right here. Everything about me is right here. Okay. All right. They don't get it. Oh, man. The fourth church. This is him. No other one, he said, that his eyes were like fire. You got to hear the theme of it. What's the central branch represent? It represents three things. The light of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit. Number two, the oil or anointing of Pentecost. Every, listen, every lamp has oil. And in the temple, they didn't do one by one. They did it all at one time. All were lit. That's tradition. But all were lit. And it won't candles. It was oil. You know, candles came in through the Greeks. But this is, y'all following me? Okay. Listen. Every thousand years, there's an anointing. There is an oil in every generation. Someone has the anointing and someone has the oil. In every one of these thousand years, where are you? In my family, I have the oil and I have the light. Is it you and yours? But you got to have the true light. Is it you and yours? In every generation, this is what he does. In every generation, there's someone... And I told you, for my family, it was me. Right now, you and I, we are living at the servant branch. You and I are. We have the oil and we have the light. We're living right here. 
Okay. Number three. The servant spirit of Pentecost. I told you it was three things, right? The light of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit, the oil or the anointing of Pentecost. And now I'm saying the servant, the spirit of Pentecost. This is why you have to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because the baptism of the Holy Spirit allows you now to be the servant candle. This is why you have to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because now you can serve, listen, God and man. No, this is where we're living. Right here. This is why you, you, you have to serve. This is why it's so important for you to understand the baptism. It is to, the anointing is to do. This is why you're anointed, to do. Most of us just think we're anointed, but you have to serve. Now, the question is, once you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, how are you serving? See, this is represents, this is what this is. This is why he came... On the, on the, on the 4,000 years to have the church now function as servants. He's the servant. And now if you're baptized in him, you're the servant. Now you have the light in you. Now what you're supposed to do is make sure that you got oil in you. And now as soon as I go and touch somebody because I'm hot, coming in hot. You got the oil. You got the oil. Now, I told you that oil is mixed with a little bit of myrrh. A little bitter. Y'all not ready. They say, Pastor, go right on to the story. Tell them. I need y'all to see this. I need y'all to see that. Try to give you a little history of the churches. Now, and each one of the churches have a spirit. They have bowl, they have vows. I mean, uh, they have all these types of things that are woven into what you're looking at right now in the judgments of God. There's seven. It's all right here, right? Played out right in front of you. History. Coming of the Holy Spirit. The seven feasts of God. All of this engraved in here. The whole story, that Bible that you read, he put it into the design, the original design of his spirit. What could hold and represent? This was the only light that was in the tabernacle. There was no other light in the world. There's no other true light in the world. You might have some phosphorus light. You know, what's on your watch and then when you, you know, for a moment you can see the time. But it fades away just like Moses' glory. Faded away. Because it was a temporary light. Now you have the light. The original light. The lasting light. Satan has a false light. Temporary light. You have the real. I mean, I want you to look at this now differently when you see it. From creation to Holy Spirit to the Father and Son is hewn out of one pure piece of gold. And you, and you know, I don't know. He said pure gold. Because today you can't get pure gold. It's just 99999 that's it. That's as close as you can get. But God said pure gold. Amen. Amen. Moses. I'm going to give you. I'm going to show you. 
me. I'm going to show you me. He, he said, I'm going to show you me. Put this in the tabernacle. Put this. Just, just think about it. No other light source was available. This is God's perfect design. This is something tangible that they could see. And it was made out of pure gold. It won't cast and made with, you know, acacia wood or anything else like that, like all the other things. This was one piece because he's one. He's one. So I'm, you're going to make this out of one piece. Everything else had compartments, wood added to it. You're going to put it over it, you know, the walls, everything was like that. Amen. Man, I could go on about this lamp, but I got to cut it because I got to get to the reading today. Minister, are you ready? You ready? Y'all enjoy? Y'all learn something? All right. God is so awesome. I don't need nothing but a lampstand to show you the whole history of mankind. Yes, you sure can. Help me. I need some help. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, it's very difficult for some of us to look upon object and see God. The menorah is almost impossible for us to see the totality of God through the symbol. And as you've been explaining it pretty much throughout the week, I know for me, each night, it has brought a deeper intimacy. Because when you said, uh, I believe earlier this week, uh, what do you see? And tonight, uh, with the menorah, is that he's saying, this is me. You, when you said, this is me, I heard that through his creation, everything, he has put himself in, and this is why we, we, we are in awe with the creation, but not the creator. Mm -hmm. This is why we travel and we we travel foreign countries and we we spend X amount of money to see the creation. And we we are we are stricken with awe. Mm -hmm. And yet we still can't see him in the greatness of his creation. But this is why he put himself in his creation. <laughs> he so did. So that we would experience him from within and also from without. He put himself in the creation out and then he put himself in us. So that, we, I mean, the magnitude of the intimacy that is available that God has given us to ensure that you would not only experience him, but you would know his voice and hear him. You're absolutely right. But we, 
it's impossible because you speak of the light. And when we look at the lights throughout the night, each night, and you say, look upon, really, the miracles, the glory of God, the expression of God through the light, because these are not ordinary light. But this is a glory that nothing else can claim that glory or nope. that expression. No one. And even tonight, as uh, I was hearing them saying, I just want you to be seen through the light that I live. An expression because he is the light of the word that has been placed inside of us. And we still, we miss the, the reality because of the Foster's light. Right. Which is illumination, which is a lie of the true light. That's right. So when we see the true light, mm -hmm. we only see what we know to be light and not light of the world. Amen. But you know, you're absolutely right because in the book of Ephesians, it says that their eyes of their understanding will be open. Right? And their hearts will be enlightened. That's right. So when your eyes. Of your understanding of what are you going to see? You're going to see the glory of the light of God. You're going to see it. And it's hard for us to see it in him versus seeing it in us. And now you are. Now that same light is in you. The same light that they was preserving in that oil in that, in that war that y'all are going to be hearing about, that same light that they preserve is you now. That same oil is in you now. You are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. But see, it has to be a revelation to you. I told you, you're not going to get anything out of Jesus if you don't have the revelation of Jesus. Go ahead, teacher. I'm just very thankful for Hanukkah because... I used to fear death. And I can truly say I, I understand Apostle Paul when he says I'm caught betwixt and between to stay here or to be with my father. And we, we try to stay here, a place that we look that we shouldn't be so familiar with. Mm -hmm. It brings me closer to wanting to be with my Heavenly Father. Amen. Because of the, the love and the experience and the intimacy that's being developed, I know for me, during this Hanukkah. I truly, like nothing else matters and the manure, it houses, as you say, the history of the world. Right. Everything that would ever happen and to, and to come has already been mm -hmm. and its place. Time and eternity has been placed in us. Amen. This is why we shouldn't fail at anything because we should have all the answers. Because we house God himself. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. I was just trying to get us some understanding. You got it? Y'all got some understanding? I just want you to look at your faith through a different lens, through the correct lens. Amen? All right, so what we're going to do, thank you, teacher, so much for your dialogue. It's beautiful. And it is a time, sounds like, just rededicating your own, your own personal commitment to God to even dedicating to learn more about our Jewish roots of our faith. And that's kind of what we, uh, if you, like I said, you're coming into a new kingdom, you, you don't bring in, you know, your old customs. You have to get acquainted with the new. Yeah? You can't go, Australia, I don't think you can have a gun or a knife. So you can't come into their country and say, I'm going to be a citizen, 
and but I'm going to still abide by my, my laws from where I came from and where have a gun and a knife. You can't do that. Amen? So now we come over here. I'm trying to get us to understand what we see and the things that we've missed, you know, in this Hanukkah, in this dedication. Okay? I'm trying to pull you from it being a tradition of Judaism, and it's not, even though it came from it. It's about the battle. It's about you're the temple now. And Antiochus Epiphanes is still trying to get into your temple and defile your temple. Well, let's see if you have faith. Because this is what this is all about. You ready? Come on, man of God. Time three, speed. This is the story of the Maccabees. Antiochus attacks Jerusalem. When the news of what had happened in Jerusalem reached Antiochus, he thought the whole country of Judea was in revolt, and he became as furious as a wild animal. So he left Egypt. Hold on, I just want to help people. So when you hear Antiochus Epiphanes or Antiochus, think of the Antichrist. Think of the devil. Okay? All right. And the Greeks will be his army. He's trying to get you to think in the right way. All right, go ahead. So he left Egypt and took Jerusalem by storm, giving his men orders to cut down without mercy everyone they met and to slaughter anyone they found hiding in the houses. They murdered everyone, men and women, boys and girls. Even babies were butchered. Three days later, Jerusalem had lost 80,000 people, 40,000 killed in the attack, and at least that many taken away to be sold as slaves. But Antiochus was still not satisfied. He even dared to enter the holiest temple in all the world, guided by Menelaus, who had become a traitor both to his religion and to his people. With his filthy and unholy hands, Antiochus swept away the sacred objects of worship and the gifts from which other kings had given to increase the glory and honor of the temple. He was so thrilled with his conquest that he... I just want to tell you, he said, swept away with the things of the temple. So if you go online and you do a search on the arch of Titus, you're going to see them, you're going to see these pictures of them carrying the things of the temple away. It's still there. Okay, and the most prominent piece that you see on that carving of stone is the menorah. Okay, it's called the Arch of Titus. Go ahead. He was so thrilled with his conquest that he did not realize that the Lord had let his holy temple be defiled because the sin of the people of Jerusalem had made him angry for a while. If the people of Jerusalem had not been involved in so many sins, Antiochus would have been punished immediately and prevented from taking such a foolish action. Hold on. Did y'all hear that? That's you. If you won't so busy in your sin. See what happens? All right, I just got to give y'all a little commentary to help y'all along. Come on. Let's go. He would have suffered the same fate as Heliodorus, who was sent by King Seleucus to inspect the treasury. But the Lord did not choose his people for the sake of his temple. He established his temple for the sake of his people. So the temple shared in the people's suffering, but also later shared in their prosperity. The Lord abandoned it when he became angry, but restored it when his anger had cooled down. <laughs> Another attack against Jerusalem. Antiochus took 135,000 pounds of silver from the temple and hurried off to Antioch. Such was his arrogance that he felt he could make ships sail across dry land or troops march across the sea. He appointed governors to cause trouble for the people. In Jerusalem, he placed Philip, a man from Phrygia who was more evil than Antiochus himself. Mm. At Mount Gerizim, he placed Andronicus. In addition to these, there was Menelaus, who mistreated his fellow Jews far worse than the governors did. Antiochus hated the Jews so much that he sent an army of 22,000 mercenary troops from Mysia to Jerusalem 
under the command of a man, of a man named Apollonius. Hold on. He was saying, we treat each other worse than the world treat us. We treat each other worse. Go ahead. With orders to kill every man in the city and to sell the women and boys as slaves. Mm. Apollonius arrived in Jerusalem, pretending to be on a, on a peace mission. Then on a Sabbath, when all the Jews were observing the day of rest, he led his troops, who were fully armed in a parade outside the city. Suddenly, he commanded his men to kill everyone who had come out to see them. They rushed into the city and murdered a great many people. But Judas Maccabeus and about nine others escaped into the barren mountains where they lived like wild animals. In order not to defile themselves, they ate only plants which they found growing there. Mm. The Jews are persecuted because of their faith. Okay. Not long after that, the king sent an elderly Athenian to force the Jews to abandon their religion and the customs of their ancestors. He was also to defile their temple by dedicating it to the Olympian god Zeus. The temple on Mount Gerizim was to be officially named Temple of Zeus, the god of hospitality, mm. as the people who lived there had requested. The oppression was harsh and almost intolerable. Gentiles filled the temple with drinking parties and all sorts of immorality. They even had intercourse with prostitutes there. Forbidden objects were brought into the temple, and the altar was covered with detestable sacrifices prohibited by our law. It was impossible to observe the Sabbath, to celebrate any of the traditional festivals, or even so much as to admit to being a Jew. Each month, when the king's birthday was celebrated, the Jews were compelled by brute force to eat the intestines of sacrificial animals. Then, during the festival in honor of the wine god Dionysus, mm. they were required to wear ivy wreaths on their heads and march in procession. On the advice of Ptolemy, the neighboring Greek cities were also instructed to require Jews to eat the sacrifices. Stop, stop, stop. See, see how your little Snapchat and all your little apps got y'all putting a little wreath around your head? Hmm? It's nothing new. Not only that, but the Olympic Games is to their gods. So they're still doing it. Okay. Go ahead. Just letting y'all know we ain't far. Go ahead. They were told to put to death every Jew who refused to adopt the Greek way of life. It was easy to see that hard times were ahead. Hold on. That's like taking the mark. So if you don't take it, you're what? Beheaded. And then if you read Revelation, if you continue, you know, on that plight, if you don't get saved now, once, you know, uh, the, 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 I don't want to say, could be the rapture, however you want to get into the millennium. But to get saved after Jesus come, you have to be beheaded. So it would behoove us now to get saved now. Okay. That's in the word. Go ahead. It was easy to see that hard times were ahead. For example, two women were arrested for having their babies circumcised. They were paraded around the city with their babies hung from their breasts. Then they were thrown down from the city wall. On another occasion, Philip was told that some Jews had gathered in a nearby cave to observe the Sabbath in secret. Mm. Philip attacked and burned them all alive. They had such respect for the Sabbath that they would not fight to defend themselves. Mm. Mm. The Lord punishes and shows mercy. I beg you not to become discouraged as you read about the terrible things that happen. Mm. Consider that this was the Lord's way of punishing his people, not of destroying them. Mm. In fact, it is a sign of kindness to punish a person immediately for his sins. Oh. rather than to wait a long time. Whoa. The Lord does not treat us as he does other nations. He waits patiently until they have become deeply involved in sin before he punishes them. 
but he punishes us before we have sinned too much. So the Lord is always merciful to us, his own people. Although he punishes us with disasters, he never abandons us. Mm. I have made these few observations by way of reminder. Eleazar dies for his faith. There was an elderly and highly respected teacher of the law by the name of Eleazar, whose mouth was being forced open to make him eat pork. But he preferred an honorable death rather than a life of disgrace. So he spit out the meat and went willingly to the place of torture, showing how people should have courage to refuse unclean food, even if it cost them their lives. Those in charge of the sacrifice had been friends of Eleazar for a long time. And because of this friendship, they told him privately to bring meat that was lawful for him to eat. He need only pretend to eat the pork, they said. Mm -mm. And in this way, he would not be put to death. But Eleazar made a decision worthy of his gray hair mm. and advanced age. All his life, he had lived in perfect obedience to God's holy laws. Mm. So he replied, kill me here and now. Such deception is not worthy of a man of my years. Many young people would think that I had denied my faith after I was 90 years old. If I pretended to eat this meat just to live a little while longer, it would bring shame and disgrace on me mm. and lead many young people astray. Look at that. For the present, I might be able to escape what you could do to me. But whether I live or die, I cannot escape Almighty God. If I die bravely now, it will show that I deserved my long life. It will also set a good example of the way young people should be willing and glad to die for our sacred and respected laws. As soon as he had said these things, he went off to be tortured. And the very people who had treated him kindly a few minutes before now turned against him because they thought he had spoken like a madman. When they had beaten him almost to the point of death, he groaned and said, the Lord possesses all holy knowledge. He knows I could have escaped these terrible sufferings and death. Yet he also knows that I gladly suffer these things because I fear him. So Eleazar died, but his courageous death was remembered as a glorious example not only by young people, but by the entire nation as well. Amen to that. Amen. Now, see, if these stories were in your Bible, see, we have a little different, you know, thought now when you hear the uh, patriarchs of faith. Because this is just the surface as we continue tomorrow. Amen. Amen. I, I'm going to have to stop right here because... Y'all know me. I like to get it all out, but I can't. <laughs> I got to say, we got two more days, and I got about five more days of work. <laughs> so I got to squeeze and condense that all into, you know, two days. Amen. Y'all going to make it? Y'all learning? Is your faith getting stronger now? Did you hear what they refused to do and submit to? He said, I'm 90 years old. What does anybody care if I go ahead and do this now? But he said it was for the young ones, the next generation. That's how you got to go out. Man, all right. Ain't y'all glad y'all ain't walking ministry? Huh? Y'all going to learn some stuff. Be okay. <laughs> what happened, and I told you, happened then is going to happen again. So it's the same thing. If you take the mark or you refuse to take the mark of the beast, what do you think going to happen? But see, y'all going to have some revelation because you're already reading the Maccabees. We're going to get there because you don't know when this is going to happen. A government can change in the matter of minutes. And your freedoms can be taken away in the matter of minutes. So where is your faith at then? Hmm? Because that's the age that we're in. 
I know you see the IRFD, uh, they're putting in the arm. That's, that, that's not it. That's what they want you to take, to believe that's how it's going to come. It ain't going to come like that. But the church ain't teaching y'all and preparing y'all for that day. But I am. I'm going to make sure. Because you're going to have to choose. Because if you don't choose, you won't be the eat. You won't be the buy. You won't be the trade. See, but if you ain't been trusting God to go to that cupboard and open it up and something there supernatural because you've been sowing. See, it's spiritual. Make me a cake first. That's what he said. See, but we don't look at those things. We, we just bypass them things. I want to get the religion out of you and the truth in you. This is what they preserve that word for so we could actually not have their faith nullified. Amen? So let's do this thing. Greg, you're going to do it tonight. Come on up. Man of God, y'all stand to your feet. How many of y'all wanted this to continue tonight? I did. We won't. There was like five people, but that's all right. That's all right. That's all right. Okay. There you go. That oil was made out of the best, purest olives. So it would burn the brightest and the cleanest. And the oil had to be changed every day. Yesterday oil is not sufficient for today. Same thing with you. are the prayers. Barukata Adonai Eloheinu, Melecha Olam, Sha'asa Nisim, La'avotenu, Hayamim Hahem, Bazman Hazay. Amen. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who did miracles for our forefathers in those days at this season. Amen. Baru kata Adonai Eloheinu Melecha olam Shehecheyanu Bikiyimanu Bihigiyanu Lazman haze Amen. Blessed are you Lord our God King of the universe Who has kept us 
alive, sustained us, and brought us to this season. Amen. We're looking at these lights because of the miracles, the wonders, the salvations, and the battles which you performed for our forefathers in those days at this season through your holy priests. During all eight days of Hanukkah, these lights are holy. We're not using them for ordinary lights. Instead, we are looking at them in order to give thanks and praise for your great name, your miracles, and your wonders, and your salvations. Take a moment again to recollect, rededicate your mind, your thoughts. Tell them you're going to rededicate your body. Haven't been treating it right. It is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Tell them I'm going to rededicate. I'm going to live a consecrated life. I'm going to listen for your voice. When you say fast, I will fast. When you say pray, I will pray. Let's rededicate our minds. Let's keep our minds kadosh, holy, set apart for God. Truly want to have God thoughts, and you can't have God thoughts. Yeah. Just take a moment, y'all. Two more days is it's nothing. Don't let the enemy come in now. Say, I'm going to complete this. I'm going to complete it. And I'm going to share this with people who don't have the understanding. I'm not going to lord it over them. I'm going to help them understand. Ask God to open the door for you. To show the people the truth. Hanukkah dedication it means sacrifice offering thank y'all for coming Shabbat Shalom see you tomorrow Amen <laughs>